Am I on here? Not yet. Thanks. Uh, we're on the second week of our series on forgiveness. I want to thank Aaron for starting off the series last week. And today, Brooke Sherfies is going to be sharing with us. And as she comes, I just want to pray for her. Um, I'm thankful for Brooke's willingness to teach and for Aaron's willingness to teach a little bit about Brooke. She's um, a lover of God's Word, a lover of people, a people developer, and a gospel influencer in our community. And, and I'm just uh, excited that she's here to share today. So let me pray for you as you begin. Lord, I thank you so much for Brooke, and I pray your Holy Spirit would just fill her and empower her as she speaks today about the power of your forgiveness and forgiveness in our lives and how that moves us from bondage to blessing. Uh, may your word speak through her, and may we respond to you this morning in a way that transforms our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Am I on? We're good? Okay. No pressure after that, eh? Tom. <laughs> I'm going to stay up here because I'm a little shorter than the average, even with heels. And uh, so when Tom, sorry, so when Tom asked me to, well, in mid-December, Tom mentioned he was going to give this series on forgiveness, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds great. What are you going to talk about?" And we started having this dialogue about what he was going to talk about, and I thought it was fabulous. Then he came back to me about an hour later and said, so, do you want to do one of the messages? And I was like, you're crazy. And so, but as I went away from that and drove away, um, I, the, the topic of forgiveness started ruminating in me and resonating in my heart. And since then, it was a journey of learning and thinking about it, and I finally said about two weeks ago, okay, I'll do it. So this has been a journey for me about understanding and learning more about forgiveness in a way that has kind of been freeing and wonderful, and I look forward to walking us through that together today. So <clears throat> last week, Aaron really focused on forgiveness between God and us, and today's topic, we're going to be focusing on us and God. Sorry, us and each other. So this plane, not this plane. But one of the things Aaron talked about last week was that God is a God of forgiveness. And that's not just something he does, it's who he is. But because he is also just and holy and righteous, when we sinned against God and we became unjust, unholy, and unrighteous, he could not be in relationship with us. And so he had to provide a way for us to be brought back into relationship. And that way was blood. So in the Old Testament, as Steph read for us today, blood was, it was from sacrifice of goats and lambs and sheep or pigeons. Um, and what it was, was it covered us, but it could not cover the inward conscious choices that we made. It was an outward covering. So Jesus came down and paid the price so that his blood could cover us once and for all. And that's the story of the New Testament. And the image of blood is something that in our culture is very foreign to us. Um, we kind of have the latest image of the horror movie that comes up out of the abyss, you know, and the guy covered, or the creature, rather, covered with red fluid or liquid of some sort that looks a little bit sketchy. Okay, that's not the image of the first century. The image of the first century was kind of a little bit like a sheet or a filter of protection. And, or a filter. And it acted as a protection between us and me and the person who was offended or offended me. 
Okay, so what that means was is if, for example, Chantel, because you're sitting in the front row, thank you, Chantel. Okay, if Chantel offended me, all right, what happened was is something gave its blood to cover that, either something or someone gave its blood to cover that, and that, the protection was is that because that was covered, I could no longer go to Chantel and demand payment. So that was her protection. Okay? And that's the same with God. And Aaron spoke about this last, last week. That's that filter that God looks at us and sees perfection through. And that means cleansing. That means spotless. Right? It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're forgiven. Right? It means that he sees us through that filter and says, I don't demand payment anymore because my blood covered that. So how does this concept of, of blood kind of work with our topic today? And I think... In order for us to understand how to forgive one another, because that's a hard thing to do, right? When we start to get into it, I think this this idea of blood is absolutely foundational to that concept. So in the Old Testament, or sorry, all the way through the... Am I? We're okay? I tend to hear myself get louder and then quieter. So forgiveness is addressed many times in the New Testament. Um, One of the most popular topics of that is... The Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's a really popular one. Another popular one is Peter's infamous question. How many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven? And he he thought he was being generous. Bless Peter. He thought he was being so generous, right? Am I going to forgive him seven times? And Jesus blew him out of the water and said, 70 times seven. And I know it's kind of funny that we say that, and we're like, well, Peter really didn't know, but I mean, how many of us are counting, right? We all have that person in our lives. We're like, okay, that was 360, and um, I have 130 more to go to meet 490, and then we're good, right? Then we're good. Then I can, I can break whatever, okay? One of the other ones that really comes to mind is one that Sylvie read for us today, and it says, bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, when we hear these words of the, of the disciples in Jesus, we usually have that one person in mind, right, that is the constant recipient of our forgiveness. And it could be, you know, the neighbor whose music is constantly too loud. It could be the sibling who always bars your clothes without asking. What about the coworker who creates drama? You know, or the church volunteer who's just a little too particular how the kitchen is run. I'm not saying that's us. I'm not. <laughs> but it was a good example. <laughs> okay. What about the unfair teacher or the gossip, right? Or the parents who just don't understand that in the name of school popularity, you have to make an appearance at that dance. Okay. But when we can, when, what shall I say? It's easy on those levels easier. But then we start to get into offenses that are a little closer to the heart. A little tug on those heartstrings a little bit more. What about you being ripped off from a business deal and lost years of financial stability? Or the co-worker who continually makes fun of you in front of your colleagues? What about you put your time and heart into a project, either for home or for work, and the person who asked you to do it just doesn't really pay much attention. Or shall we go to those raw places, right? Your 16-year-old who went to that dance loses her life on the way back because her boyfriend thought he could drive with some rum and coke in him. 
or the betrayal from an unfaithful spouse. What about your child who's a shadow of who they once were because of a bully at school and no one but you sees the emptiness in their eyes enough to do anything about it? The parent who made you feel worthless because of their cruel words or empty promises or maybe no promises at all because they weren't even there. What about the spouse who is distancing or hiding because of a newfound addiction to alcohol, drugs, illegal or not, pornography? How about the quiet sobs of a child whose family member, family friend, or complete stranger robs them of their innocence? Do you still hear the words of Jesus? Forgive as the Lord forgave you in those through that anger or bitterness or rage or rawness. And if you do hear it, is your heart willing to listen to it? But the reality is, it is into, it is for those offenses that Jesus bled. It's for those sins that he shows his hands to the Father, his scarred hands, and says, they're forgiven. But we want revenge, right? We want that person to feel just a little bit of what we felt. A little bit of the tears or the pain or the hurt that was in those offenses. We want them to understand that they, they took years out of our lives. That they destroyed our lives sometimes. You know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? But it's into that paradigm that Jesus speaks in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek turn the other to him also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your cloak also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Sorry, your father who is in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So how? How do you do that? How do you do that? Because we know it. In the church, we know it. Forgive. We hear it. How do you do it? How does Corey Ten Boom take the hand of her Nazi captor who's seeking forgiveness? She chooses to. That's all. Forgiveness is the conscious choice to let go of an offense or wrong that someone has done to you. Corey describes it as, it is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Saying I forgive you is not saying is saying that. It's not saying some other things that we think in our culture. We have sometimes been grown up to believe that it's accepting what's done to me is okay, and it's not. Okay? So there's four things that we're going to talk about today that it's not. Forgiveness is not accepting what you did to me was okay. Forgiveness is not, does not mean trust. We have this concept in our culture that 
especially in the church culture, that we have to forgive, right? So we tend to not recognize the fact that if there was an offense done to us, that there has been rent of trust, and that hurts. So what we do instead of dealing with that hurt is we offer cheap forgiveness. And that cheap forgiveness looks something like, you know, Becky says to me, I'm sorry. And I say, yeah, I forgive you. Don't worry about it. Right? But what's going on there is I take those hurts and I stuff them down deep inside me. And they stay there until I'm willing to acknowledge that something happened between us. And they fester or they get hard enough like a seed and start to bear roots of bitterness and anger and frustration. And then the next time Becky comes to me and does something, that pops right up in my face. And I go, oh, you know. Okay? We offer cheap forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean that we trust again. It doesn't mean that I go back to be best friends with somebody. It means that, yeah, it doesn't mean that. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgotten. How many of us can sit out here with things that have passed in our lives and we've been able to say, wow, I remember that. I remember what was done to me. I may not feel the hurt that went along with that, but I remember it. Okay, forgiveness doesn't mean forgotten. And forgiveness doesn't mean that my hurt is gone. When Jesus, um, that, the passage that we read, he doesn't say, you know, when somebody strikes you on the right cheek, Wait till the singing stops and then turn to him your left. Okay, he doesn't say that. He says, turn to him your left. An act of the will, right, does not, isn't, isn't, what is it? The will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. But what it does mean, it means that you recognize that this person's sin, like yours, was paid for in blood. That's what forgiveness means. And this doesn't cheapen the offense. It actually <laughs> validates the hurt because somebody had to die for that hurt. And there's nothing cheap about that. When I recognize the blood, that this person's sin was covered by that blood, I am basically saying I do not demand payment for that sin or that offense. And I relinquish my right to revenge. But there's still a problem there. Because I still hurt. I'm still raw. And it feels like I'm the one who's losing. Right? But let me tell you why you're not the one who's losing. And let me tell you why Jesus commands this. And Steph's going to help me with that. She's going to come up. And we're going to give you a visual picture of what forgiveness is when it happens and what happens when it doesn't. We can thank Drew for bringing, walking a 15-pound chain <laughs> all the way from his house. Okay, so what happens, and I, I chose Steph because I know she trusts me. This, <laughs> I do. I know. <laughs> so this goes around her neck. Okay. Oh, yeah, exactly, right? Okay. So this goes around her neck, and this symbolizes, it goes around her neck because she's guilty. So this is bound to her by the guilt you can hold it if you want. Hold it up if it's too heavy. Okay. By the guilt. So positionally, we're dealing with guilt, right? We're not dealing with shame, how she feels about it. We're dealing with guilt, which is the position. So she's guilty. She did something wrong to me. And it's attached to me. Put that on my wrist. 
it's attached to me by hurt. Okay? So this is what happens. This is our fence. We're going this way. This way. Sorry. So I haven't forgiven this offense. Let's say Steph ripped me off, right? And I lost a lot of money. Okay? And I haven't forgiven this. And I go into this next relationship. I go, hi, Chantel. My name is Brooke, and I start this new relationship. But in this handshake, there's still weight, right? There's still something going on here with her. I'm bringing this into this new relationship. And then all of a sudden, Chantel decides or offends me somehow. Yep, just throw it on my wrist. Yep, the whole thing. There you go. Okay? So Chantel decides to forgive me. And if I'm choosing to hold grudges, you're starting to get a picture, right? Okay. Thank you, Chantel. We're going to go back up here. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, so what, what happens here is when I forgive, so that's what happens when I don't, and I bring it into that relationship. Perhaps I gossip about Stephanie. Perhaps I, you know, bring in the hurt, and it's more easy for Chantel to offend me because I'm already wounded, right? There's already been trust, and I just expect that Chantel's going to do something. So the moment she does something even remotely close to how Steph behaved, then I just back right off, and I get offended. All right? But what happens is, is by me forgiving and recognizing that her guilt, so her position has been paid for. That was paid for by the blood of Jesus. I do this. And I take all this on myself, this offense. Thanks, Steph. She didn't actually rip me off. <coughs> Oops, it's not. It just I take all this on myself, and I remove Steph from the equation. So there's not two things to deal with, right? But what I choose to do with this, I could still go, and now I meet Becky, right? Here we go. Hi, Becky. Here, hold this for me. Right? So then I go, and I want to meet a new relationship, and I carry all this with me. Okay? So the way, this is my hurt, and the offense that's been given. But what we can do is we can take that off, we can lay that at the cross and we can allow the healing process to start in us allow God to start healing that now I'm not saying that that's easy I'm not saying that that's overnight sometimes it is I'm not saying that sometimes that's not a daily choice that you wake up in the morning and go okay I choose to forgive today that, that feeling still came up in me. That hurt's still there. I, I, choose to, I choose to remember that Christ paid for that too. The popular saying says, time heals all wounds. And I disagree with that. I think it's untrue. I think the people who said that, the reason they say that is because sometime within that time frame, they've chosen to let it go. They've chosen to say, I choose to let this go. Corey Tenboom has a, had a home in Holland um, for victims of Nazi brutality after the war. And she says, those who were able to forgive their former enemies were able also to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what their physical scars. Those who nurse their bitterness remain invalids. And it was as simple and as horrible as that. So when she 
is sitting, or I guess she was speaking in a basement. This is, she went back to Holland after Nazi Germany. And she was speaking to victims in a basement, a small group. She just finished her message. And they all get up in silence because she was talking about forgiveness, right? They all get up in silence and leave. And this one man comes forward to her. And she recognizes him immediately. He's a bald, short, fat man. And he was one of the guards at Ravensbrook when she was captured and took to the concentration camp. And she says, I, I remember it. As this man's coming forward to me, she says, I see naked, myself naked, walking beside the pathetic pile of dresses that were on the floor. And looking up and seeing my sister, Bessie, with her ribs sticking through her parched skin because of her malnutrition. She says, and I see this man walking up to me. And he puts out his hand and says, good job, Fraulein. I think that's how he says it. Fraulein. Fraulein. Okay. He says, I was, you mentioned that you were at Ravensbrook, and I was a guard at Ravensbrook. And at that point, she, rem- she knew that he didn't remember her. And she goes, well, how could he with thousands of women that walked by? You know. But she said, he put out his hand and said, I became a Christian since then. And I know that God has covered the cruelty that I have done. But I'd like to hear it from your lips. And she said, I hurt. I have to forgive because then the God forgives me. She said, I, had, I knew I had to do it. But how? How do you do that? So she prayed silently and said, help. I'm going to extend my hand. That's the least I can do. But you supply the feeling. So woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder and raced down my arm and sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being and bring tears to my eyes. She said, I forgive you, brother. And that is the fullness of forgiveness, right? Blessing. And when he says, bless those who persecute you, that's the fullness of that. When Jesus, or not when Jesus, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he didn't just bring them out and said, you're forgiven. He said, now I'm going to take you to a land of blessing, a land flowing with milk and honey. When Jesus came for us, he says, I have not come that they might have li- I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So not mere existence, but abundance and freedom. And the reason why Jesus tells us that we are to forgive is for that blessing and for that freedom. Right? It's for us. It's not for the other person, regardless of whether they say they're sorry, regardless if they ever understand it. Right? It's for us. Forgiveness is a conscious choice to live in blessing and not bondage. To hold on to the hurt and let the bitter roots not grow in our hearts. When, after Tom asked me to speak today, um, and I was driving home thinking, still, he's crazy at that point. 
the song that we sang today, um, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, came to mind. But as I sang it, the words changed. And it looks something like this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. Oh, sorry. What can wash away their sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole within? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How precious is the flow that helps me to let go. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We're going to sing that together today. Um, Sylvia and Morgan want to come up again. And as we do, I want you to think about the person. Because I know the Holy Spirit's here. Yeah, he promises he would be with us and move in us. And I believe that he works in our hearts. I want you to think of the person and the people that come to mind in your heart today. Right? What do you need to do to be free? Who do you need to let go of? What offense do you need to let go of so that you can live in, in abundance? And not just settle for life or existence, but settle for blessing and take the blessings. So we're going to sing that song, and then we're going to have our benediction. This whole concept of blood is really new, and you may be here just visiting. And if that's the case and you want to understand more about it, please come see either Tom, sit back, or myself. And uh, we can talk about that a little bit more, about coming under that blood and that covering. Um, if there is somebody who you want to pray with, I encourage you. There's lots of people here who know how to pray. So go to somebody who you trust and say, you know what? I need help letting go of this thing. And I, I challenge you to do that um, today before you leave. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is where Jesus said that passage, you know, forgive. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the, on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. As we go away from here today, may you go away wise in acting on the words that God has given us. Choosing that blessing, choosing that life abundance, and not just living with the bondage of bringing that into relationship. Bless you.